we have to make adjustments for wind or, or obstacles. Make adjustments, but stick to that plan. You know, continue on. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey guys, I'm working super hard on the finishing touches on our Working Hard Masterclass. Working hard sucks and it's costing you money. I'm not kidding you. Check it out in the show notes. It's free. You want to hop on there. You don't want to miss out on this. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of When the Hour, When the Day, and I am your lucky host, Chris Ward. I always feel lucky. We have phenomenal guests, and today is no exception. We have Harlan Hammock in the house, and he is, I mean, here, I think this one sentence sums it all up, turns common sense into common practice. He is a business coach, a well-sought-after business coach, and today we're going to talk about leadership, but we're going to do it in a very different way. So please stay tuned and we're going to dive right in. Welcome to the show, Harlan. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you because you really sort of categorize this leadership stuff in a way that I haven't seen done before. And yet it's very relatable and I can put myself into each category at different times. And so let's just dive in, you know, sure. let's just turn the car on. Let's go. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was working with a couple of clients uh, who are fairly new to being bosses. And if you're not used to being a boss, if you're not used to being a leader, that can be scary sometimes. Uh, they would not take initiatives when they needed to. They wouldn't step in to say what needed to be said when they needed to say it. I was trying to talk to them about being more courageous as a leader. So I started looking up some articles, found some articles about uh, the courage to lead. And that's what led to my podcast called The Courage Lead. Um, there's different types of courage that we tap into on a regular basis, just in our normal lives, in our business lives. Um, and each one of those serves a certain function, right? So intellectual courage, those long-held beliefs. You know, the one thing that drives me crazy is when businesses say, oh, this is the way we've always done it. Oh, right? They're my God. shut off. They're <laughs> shut off. <laughs> what has that got to do with anything? Exactly. The intellectual courage yeah. is the ability to set aside the knowledge you have and be open to learning new things, especially when it comes from one of your employees, right? A lot of times the employees who are down in the trenches doing the work, they know the best way to do things and they come up with ideas. So it's intellectual so, courage. Yeah. Let me just jump in for a sec. So our audience, you guys out there, most of you, you, you know, some of you have a team, some of you don't. And the teams you have are really super small. So, you know, we're, we're thinking from a corporate mindset when we talk about, well, they're down in the trenches, but when you guys out there have smaller teams, I still think it lends itself to the fact that there is what I call this parentified model. Like you're like most businesses small and especially big are set up like, oh, the manager supervisors, like the parent and they tell you what to do and you try whatever you don't want to outshine them or they're going through a thing at home. So now they're going to be cranky at work, which makes me nuts. Right. Yep. But so I'm all about my passion is about being the dumbest in the room. And I tell you, I'm surrounded by brilliance. And every day I'm like, wow, these people are smart. I'm okay with being the dumbest in the room. Exactly. So, so it's really, so I want to just 
make sure we decrease that gap between management and employees. Mm-hmm. You guys out there listening, we're talking about really small teams. So with those really small teams, you still, I think, want to be the dumbest person in the room. I Absolutely. Open yourself up, ask questions, and be open yeah. to those different ideas. You never know where they're going to come from. So always be open to them. And would you say also to something that I talk about a lot, because we, with Win the Hour, Win the Day, we actually, as part of our coaching, we, uh, we will recruit and hire for you. you. You get to meet them before you hire them. We help you on board. And then we put what we call toolkits in play. Um, they're sort of like SOP, standard operating procedures, mm-hmm. but the toolkits are far more effective because SOPs are created by usually not the end user and usually created for liability. Right. So why that's really important is I feel like you, you really have to encourage and train these people to ask questions because they're used to that parentified model. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. They, exactly. they want to be led. They don't, they're afraid of making a mistake. And a lot of times if they've come to work for you, maybe they've had a bad experience at a previous yeah. employer. They're afraid to step out of line. They're afraid to color outside the lines, you know? So yeah. You have to or come up with that. a better idea than yours. Cause Absolutely. you know, I'm just here to be obedient. Right? right. So that's a big deal. So, okay. So we're diving into the courageous part. So you're talking about being a courageous leader. Mm-hmm. Um, discipline, courage, the courage okay. to set a plan and stick with it. There's a lot of shiny objects or a lot of, mm. you know, the, the squirrel, right. Uh, that people look at and say, Hey, maybe that's something we should get involved in. Maybe that's something we should do for our business. If you have a plan, a solid plan, stick to the plan right? Have that courage to say, I'm on the right track. Let those shiny objects go and and keep headed down the right path. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of like, you know, I've been in business a while now, but those first couple of years, you know, and even when I had a team, like one or two people, and I do think a team like for you guys out there can be really lean. Like I still only have four people, but we get a lot done. But in the beginning, they might leave on Friday. And then I read a book over the weekend. So everything's changed come Monday, right? (laughs) Everything you don't understand, our whole mission, it's all going to be different because I read this book and they show up and it's almost like, I don't even know why they're not catching up because the person I was on Friday is so different than Monday. And I feel like we already went through that together and they're like, what, what was the name of the book? What, where are we going? So you're right. I think for entrepreneurs, especially that the discipline, the courage to be doing one thing at a time and stay there and see the course. I don't think we talk about that enough. And especially how stressful it is on the team. Like it's bad enough. It's just you, but you really beat up the team when you're all over the place and they don't even know which personality to chase. Exactly. Exactly. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I'm a private pilot. So if I'm flying anywhere outside of my local area, I file a flight plan, right? It starts with where am I now? Where do I want to be? How do I plan to get there? And how am I going to measure my progress? Same thing in business. You have to have a flight plan, a strategic plan. Where are you now? And all the bits and pieces go along with that. Where do you want to be? How do you plan to get there? And how are you going to measure your progress? Once you set that plan and everybody agrees that that's where we're going, stick to your plan. You can make adjustments, right? Mm. We have to make adjustments for wind or, or obstacles. Make adjustments, but stick to that plan. You know, Continue on. That sounds very wise words, but I have to admit that there would have to be a very strong man with a very large rifle to get me into one of those little planes. <laughs> Just saying. In theory, your example is really good. I really like the analogy, but I'm stuck on how small that plane is and how high we are up in the air. But okay, I digress. Okay, sticking to sticking to the uh, flight plan. And right. That's part of the discipline courage, right? Okay, gotcha. But you have moral courage, right? Standing up for what's right when it's right. 
Uh, social courage is saying what needs to be said when it needs to be said, even if it's going to be unpopular or, uh, you know, aggravate some people, right? Um, I, I've got clients who don't want to challenge their employees when they do something wrong because they're still buddies, you know? So not saying what needs to be said, not calling somebody on the carpet and say, hey, that was wrong. I, I need you to do it this way in the future. They don't want to come across as, as too harsh. And I think they, they miss an opportunity not only to train that employee, but also to show the other employees, no, these rules are here for a reason. And, and we all need to play by the same rules. I struggle with that one. I can't relate to that one, but I have seen it. Like I had a client once, oh my gosh, and she had a small business and she was having issues with her, one of her employees. And the next week we're talking and she said, well, I left her a note at the cash. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right? And she left her a note. She said, well, I, you know, I, I'm not good with confrontation, which can I go on a rant for a minute? Nobody jumps up and says, oh, I'm so excited. I got confrontation today, but you, you got to do what you got to do. And I guess to me, the kindest thing you can give somebody is the truth. Like, let me yes. redirect you before we get way off course. Yes. And, and I also feel like you should have to give people honesty so that they know where they stand. Not three months down the road, there's this big list. You know, like mm -hmm. when you get in a fight with somebody in your family and they mention something from, and when you were six, <laughs> you're like, what? So I guess I struggle with that, but obviously people have that. Like, to me, it's just a matter of steering the ship, right? You got to, somebody's got to be in charge and you can do that nicely and effectively, but yeah. you got to tell them. Yeah. And if you have those rules in place, everybody needs to follow those rules. And if you let somebody get away with it, then people start saying, well, maybe it doesn't apply to me. Or if they see you doing something that goes against the grain of the culture that you've created in the company, maybe they think, well, if you're going to do it, maybe I can, or if you get away with it, I can, or, or maybe that's what I need to do to get ahead in this company. You know, it's yeah, more like that. there's a lot of unwritten rules trying to figure out like the mood and the temperature. I know recently we have a student and uh, we, we have students all the time. And, and this one, he's particularly talented in a, in one area. And um he was doing so well that he wanted to be in our apprenticeship program for the summer. So he was a co-op student and now he wants to work for free for the summer. And I don't know what happened, but there was a couple of days he dropped the ball and it was just like, not okay. My job is not to chase you around. That's not how we operate here at all, at all. They manage me. I don't manage them. I'm not a micromanager in no way. And I, I like said to the team, like, that's it. Like he better turn this around really quickly. Who's going to lose his apprenticeship. Now I know my colleagues, other entrepreneurs would say, oh my gosh, like you'd give up free hours. Like he's so talented in this area and that's like free hours. But I, I'm like, that's just like, I don't know, like, um, weeds in the garden, you know, yeah. like there's just no way. Right. No. I'll get to him tomorrow or next week or whatever. And next thing you know, or he's free. I don't want to, like, I don't want to turn that down. Right. It's like, yeah. you're not free for causing me problems. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, so we've got, and then we have empathic courage. Is it empathetic? Yeah. Empathetic. Oh, I, hello. So, I can't read. <laughs> that's okay. No. Um, English is a difficult language. Um, <laughs> but it's your only one. Yeah. <laughs> Empathetic courage is, is being able to empathize with your employees, right? You've been where they are. You know what it feels like to be able to set aside your feelings, to give them space to say, hey, I'm struggling here. I'm, you know, I'm having a, a bad time or whatever. So to be able to get with them on that, not sympathy level, but the, on the empathetic mm. level, right? I know what you're going through, but then to, you have to reinsert yourself as the leader. Hey, I understand you're struggling right now. Take some time, pull yourself together, but I need you to get back to this, 
right? Because this is important. I need you to come back. You know, so having that that ability to to see what they're going through and understand that it's difficult. It may be a new process they haven't learned before. It may be a brand new customer they're struggling with. You've been through it. Be able to to empathize with them a little bit, but then reinsert, hey, here's what I needed to do. Yeah, I agree with you. I know it reminds me of two different examples. One is somebody on our team had had a death in the family and they came back to work. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's great. You had last week off and all this stuff, but you're like, it's not over. The funeral's over. It's not over. So like, let's really ease you into this week and deal with mundane tasks that you don't need as much, you know, uh, brain power to navigate through. Like there, you're not serving me. This is the thing. As an entrepreneur, especially when you have a smaller team, you're of no help to me if you're sitting in that chair and you're just trying to get through the day. You can bury that in a bigger company, like, okay, I got my butt to work and I'm in a bit of a fog. But in a smaller company, you, you know, you just make mistakes, or I'm a big believer when somebody in my team is not well, like, go home. Like, you're just yeah. keeping the seat warm and now we're going to clean up the mistakes tomorrow. Why don't you get better today and come back stronger, faster, quicker? Sure. Right. And if, and if you built that, that culture, yeah. then people will step in and pick up a little bit of the load, knowing that that person is probably struggling. And need a little, little downtime. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. For me, Harlan, these all seem like, I don't know, I guess you're right. We talked about that. I was going to say common sense, but we already mentioned that. right? So I guess to me, they seem like common sense and a little bit of kindness and just something that give the, give your organization some character, even if there's two of you or three of you, it's really about what kind of business do you want to be? And that's what I'm saying, the common sense and the common practice, right? Um, there, a lot of this is just common sense, but you have to put it into practice. You have to be real about it. I think, was it Brene Brown that said, uh, clear is kind? You have yeah. to be clear. Say what you yeah. need to say when it needs to be said and, and stick to your guns. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know how old I was quite some time ago when I remember, remember reading the one minute manager and their whole thing is everything should just take a minute. And, you know, that's something that, I, I think I do well, like if I have to address something and it's difficult, like, or like somebody's dropped the ball and it really is an issue, then I say my piece and then I say, okay, now we need to move on from that. Like, it's not, and I say nicely, it's not my job to cheer you up, but I do need you to get back on track. Like I'm not, you know, I don't need you beating yourself up all day. Cause then you're no good to me. Many years ago, I had somebody who worked for me and, um, there was a mistake made and it cost us some money. And so we had like an hour to fix it. We caught it and we had to scramble. I won't bore you with the details. And then she got really upset and she was getting emotional. I said, what's going on, Stephanie? And she goes, like, you're such a cheerleader to us. You're always so supportive. And I made this big mistake and now it's costing us money. And I said, and, and I thank you for caring. But now we're spending more time being upset. We really do need to move past this mistake. And I'm not upset. Mistakes happen. And I always look that there's a system and process that must have been missed if it allowed for that mistake. So we'll figure, we'll figure out that later, but I'm like, you, you need to not, I'm not beating you up. So you need to stop because we really need you right now. We need to move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And the one thing that uh, had a client that had an employee that was not doing the best job, but he let it go and let it go, let it go. At the end of the year, he did a, an employee review and he said, you know, for the last five months, you've been doing X and that's not the way we do things around here. <laughs> like, How much money did you lose letting it continue? Say something right then, you know, say something right that moment. And you don't have to be harsh about it. Hey, yeah. I saw you did X. That's not the way we do things. Here's how we do things here. 
you know, or ask, how does that support our, our goals or how does that support our core values? If they say, well, I, you know, you say customers come first. I thought I was serving the customer better. Fine. I understand what you're trying to do. I appreciate that, but here's how I'd prefer you do it in the, in the future. And, but you need to address it right then. You don't wait, say what needs to be said when it needs to be said. And you also, I think, leave people feeling unsafe. Like mm -hmm. then I have to wait another five minutes to find or five months to find out what I did wrong. Like you, then you don't know when you're doing well because it's like, oh, things are going better. Okay, I think I'm turning around three months in. But the last time he waited five months to tell me. So right. who knows what crimes against humanity I'm I'm you know, piling up here, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I, so. You, you seem like a very kind and patient person, <laughs> but, but comes with age, comes with age. But don't you want to say to some of these things, like not that they seem foolish because you're building a career on it, but some of these things, I just don't get that you have to, and maybe you just get busy and maybe you're good at three of them and you miss the other two. And I'm not arrogantly saying that like we got it all together. I mean, I'm always many things I had to learn. One of the things I had to learn, I, I call myself a recovering Russiaholic. And one of those things are, I can't show up for a little scrum and a little team meeting in a rush because then my tone doesn't come out right. And, you know, and the good thing about my team that's trained the way we want this culture to be is they will, they will tell me about my tone, right? <laughs> Evan will say afterwards, like, I agree with what you said, but I think your tone could have been different. I'm like, oh, right. So I've had to learn, you know, I can't squeeze things in because then my tone comes out rushed and impatient. I just like, go, go, go. And that's not how you deal with humans. So I definitely you know, in my work in progress and make mistakes, but some of these things of just addressing basic needs, like, I don't know, how do you do your job without every once in a while, just leaning over and using the palm of your hand to tap them in the forehead? Yeah. Well, a lot of people that uh, I work with, you probably work with too. They're technically really, really good at what they do, but mm. they've never really had management classes or leadership classes. Right. So okay. they're learning. Right. And okay. it's those, those times where we have to give them the courage to, Hey, stand up, say this, you know, it, it won't be as bad as you think it's going to be. It, it'll be easy. And once they start seeing that everything's fine, people get along and, and they get over it and they get past it and, and continue, they're fine. But it's finding that courage inside. And sometimes, I mean, that's what we do, you know, as business coaches, that's what we try to do is try to set them on the right path. You're right. And you're much more evolved human being than I am. So you're right. <laughs> okay. So what's happening is it's kind of like what I call creating your win team, your what is next team. And yes. so what happens is too many people run out and say, okay, I need a VA. And then they take a pile of work from their desk and then put it over to the other person's desk. And that's not really building a team. Right. right. And so then you don't have, you're not collaborating, you're not leveraging time, you're just moving paperwork. And so you're right, you could do that. And then as one person said to me, they were just paying for more bodies, but things weren't being leveraged, or they weren't building a, a business or a team, they were just, you know, task work, right? right. And so you're right, handing work to somebody is not leadership, no. that's delegating tasks. Well, it's not okay. even effective delegating either. If you just pass no. things on to somebody else, right? You, what, our job as leaders is to create more leaders, not right. more followers. We have plenty of followers. We need more leaders. So how do you take that, teach that person how to do this, how to think on a, on a company scale, you know, what's right. best for the company, what fits our core values, what fits our, our vision, mission, purpose, and, and try to groom them to become stronger leaders. If business owners can do that, they can step back a little bit. And start working on the higher level, you know, strategic things hmm. that need to happen in the business, leave the tactical things to these new leaders that they're creating. You're right. 
Oh, yeah. What am I going to say? He's wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think some of the stuff I do well, and that has fallen into a leadership role where I know one of my, uh, when we had the, <laughs> the poor student that will shall rename nameless in case he's listening to this show. So Evan said to me, okay, I'll deal with him. I should deal with him because he dropped the ball on my shift. I want to talk to you about some leadership things, how I could do this better. And I would have never used the word leadership for me. I, I'm not a follower, but that's not a word I would have described as far as I just thought I was putting some basic things in play. And I guess by default or by, you know, just dealing with things directly and efficiently, effectively, I guess that bestows some leadership qualities. So you're right. I think that it's a bigger umbrella and it's the fallout out of, I think, a lot of small but good choices. So I never thought of the leadership role. I just yeah. guess I thought of, I thought of building a team. I, I, I guess if anything, I thought like, I feel like we're a circle, we're equals, even mm -hmm. though I know that's not true, but I didn't want the parentified version. So yeah. I guess understanding the power of leadership is something I've ignored. Absolutely. So, so managers deal with tasks, right? Leaders set the vision for the company. Mm. What do you want the company to be? What do you want the culture to be? Um, you know, where, where are you going to take this, this group? And then how do you communicate with them in, in a way that they see that vision? Right? They adopt that vision for their own and they say, yeah, that's where I want to go. How do I help you get there? How do I help us get there? You know, That's what you want from people. When they come up and say, hey, I had an idea. I know you want to do X. I had an idea. That's golden. You know, That's golden. Yeah, when they're really too is. shy, when they're too shy to say anything, that means you haven't either, you haven't clearly communicated that vision for them or you haven't given them the, the okay to come up with ideas, You know, that intellectual courage. Yeah, you're right. Because I know for one of my struggles on social media, like say on Facebook, where they want you to be more personable, right? And so Kazel on my team, like lately has been writing me about, I'm like, listen, I live a very quiet life. I don't like, no, you know, I'm not, there's no me skydiving or here's me in my farm with the goats, right? So here I am on Saturday trying to walk around the house, come up with something because Kazel's on me like white on rice, right? So I'm like, okay. And then I was so excited. I came up with something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for Monday to tell her I did it. I did it. And it's like, you know, cause she's leading me in that direction where I'm not giving enough attention to it. And that's her job, the, the social media manager. So it, it really, you're right. She really is. Uh, she's got leadership qualities that I just thought, I thought she was good at her job, but I, I think, I think the leadership word is much more impactful and powerful than I was recognizing until today. Yeah, I think so. And courage, courage is action, right? We can sit on our couch with our footer pajamas on or our fuzzy slippers or whatever and think great thoughts. But if you're not willing to actually step up and, and take an action, it's not really courage. You know, a lot of these things, uh, a person can say, you know, I really should have said something today. Yes, the courage is actually saying it, you know, get out there and say what you need to say. You need to be that leader for your team, no matter what size your team is, be that leader, set the vision, set the goals and help everybody achieve that. Yeah. And I have a friend in HR and she always says, when you do need to let somebody go, you, you know, regardless of the situation, you do it as cleanly or as effectively and, you know, in a very efficient, classy manner, it kind of reminds me of the movie Moneyball. And he's saying, he's teaching the younger guy how to fire someone. He said, do you want to get shot right in the head once or shot in the chest a few times? Like make it quick, make it clean, right? Yeah. And that's something too, that a lot of people will stay on the call trying to make somebody, I say call because right. everybody I deal with is a virtual team, but um, trying to make them feel better or whatever. It's like, look here, I, we've spoken about this. Here's what's happened. Here's why we have to move forward without you. Boom. 
And that's it. As, as effectively as you can speak is the kindest thing you can do for them. Right. The best thing you said was we've spoken about this. They, yeah. It should not come as a surprise to them. Yeah. If they've done something, here's what I want you to do in the future. And they get maybe two tries. And then yeah. the second time they do it wrong, it's like, listen, this is critical. I need you to do it X, or I want you to do it X or whatever you say. And if they don't, it should not be a surprise to them. You know, to have somebody shocked that, what do you mean I'm getting fired? Yeah. <laughs> that means you haven't done your job as a leader. Yeah. I heard an interview recently, Oprah Winfrey was saying the first person she had to fire, it took her two hours. And at the end they said, I don't understand. Are you firing me? And she goes, well, clearly I didn't do a very good job. But she said, it took me two hours and they still weren't clear. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my, one of my pet peeves when people talk about the family, like, oh, I treat my business. Like everyone works with me like family. I'm like, no, cause you got to forgive your sister. No matter what she says, she's showing up at Thanksgiving. So as much as I, you know, I'm, my team is very loyal to me. I think the world of them and they're the backbone to all my success. Uh, we're not family because yeah. family has to forgive all flaws pretty much. And most families are dysfunctional. Yes, they <laughs> are. Want, <laughs> yes, we won't go into that. But yeah, yes, that's you another want, show for another day. You want a team. You're into building teams, how to effectively yeah. build teams that that win the day. That's what yeah. you want. It's not a family. You want a team that's going to go out there and win. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've just got a couple minutes left. Man, time flies with you, Harlan. What is one thing, your parting wisdom as we wrap up that people should remember or know? Oh, there's so many. Um <laughs> To, to be a leader, I, I, I struggle. People have asked, are leaders born or are they made? I think there's a little bit of both. I think you can have that kernel of leadership, want to be a leader. You need to learn and you learn through practice. You learn through actually going out and doing those leadership type things. Have the vision, be able to communicate that vision. Communication is key in any leadership role. Um, and like you said, be clear in your messages, in your communication with people, be clear, be uh, efficient with your time. If, if now is the time you need to say something, say something about it now. Don't wait a week, two weeks, six months, you know, say what needs to be said right then and just be fair. And uh, honestly, if you make a mistake, step forward and say, you know what, I, I dropped the ball on this because that'll give everybody the, the encouragement that they can come forward without, you know, feeling, feeling bad about it. Yeah, I've done that. I definitely own up to it for sure, for sure, for sure. And, and I think a, a thread, a theme of what we talked about too, is really empower clarity, be kind, be clear. And also I think empowering, I know my husband, people used to wait for years to be on his team, uh, you know, where he worked, which was hilarious to me because he was so impatient everywhere else. Like I can't find my keys. <laughs> I was like, I, I said to him, I had met him through the workplace. And I, if I had not seen that, I would not have believed, like I saw that people waited for years to get on his team wow. and I wouldn't have believed it because he was just a regular old Joe guy at home. Right. But at the workplace, it was just what he did was he really empowered people to make decisions. And again, I, I refer back to a lot of places are very parentified. So mm -hmm. it's respect, it's clarity. And if you do that, then just by the fallout, you become sort of, a, I think a really great leader. Leader. Absolutely. And that's the type of leadership you want to have. That's the type of culture you want to have that people are looking forward to coming and working for you and staying with you. You know, mm -hmm. right now, a lot of businesses are struggling to find employees. Uh, you see hiring signs all over, you know, it doesn't matter what the job is, looking for those people, trying to attract, hire and retain those great employees. It starts with leadership. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And <laughs> As we wrap up, we keep talking. Um, and I tell people that all the time with creating what I call your win team, your what is next team. And you can get somebody really great. And if you aren't set up properly for that, 
boy, oh boy, they're going to, they are good enough to sniff that out and they're going to move on. Like they, they, they know the warning signs, right? Absolutely. So fabulous. Well, Harlan, I could talk to you all day. Where would people reach out to find more of your brilliance? Where do they find you? Uh, my website is ib4e-coaching.com. So that's the letter I, the letter B, the number four and the letter E-coaching.com. Okay. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Awesome. Harlan, you've been a treat. Thank you so very much for opening your eyes. Everyone else, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Chris. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from chris.com. That's free gift, G-I-F-T from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. We are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.